You're listening to episode 147 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today's topic is living authentically while traveling with Aaron Harsh. Hi, my name is Sarah and I have a background in theology and a love for travel. Having visited nine different countries and served in five congregations, I wanted to create an environment that discusses and encourages the overlap of my two favorite things, the Lord and travel. And if you have a passion for these things or wanting to learn how God is such an integral part of our daily adventures, then you've come to the right place. Today's topic is living authentically while traveling with Aaron Harsh. Hi, Christian Travelers. We're so glad that you're here, and we're so excited to hear from Aaron. He has an amazing story of going through ministry and the Lord leading him on new and authentic paths. But before we dive into that, I want to once again welcome you to um, our website, christiantravelers.net. There you can find out about our new platform where you can connect with other Christian travelers around the world, share your travel stories, and plan trips together. We're so excited for that to be coming in the next couple of weeks. But until then, you can sign up for our email list and join our social media. Um, and we look forward to connecting with you. But without further ado, Aaron started roasting coffee in 2010 in a popcorn maker. What, with the encouragement of some family and friends, their unique coffee has grown into a business that supports their ministry, Redemption Road. Redemption Road is a dream of supporting men and women as they shed the lies they live in for a more authentic and deeper relationship with the Lord. Hey, Aaron, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on today. Yes. We're so glad to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Redemption Road? Yes. So, yeah, your intro was perfect. Um, After graduating uh, college, I uh, came out to Denver, Colorado to go to Denver Seminary to get a master's degree in spiritual formation and soul care. And in the process of that, we started Redemption Road in 2011. So just a year into my uh, degree, I started a, a not-for-profit to help men go on weekend retreats and really begin to live our faith. Um, mm-hmm. Part of that process for me was just um, how do we live what we believe, right? We hear sermons every week, but how do we live the sermons we hear? Uh, that's significantly harder than obviously hearing the sermon. Um, and so that was a big part of it. And then as that went along, I began to go, well, how are we going to fund this ministry? Uh, because I didn't want to take tithe money. I wanted the tithe money to go to the church. Um, I think the, the tithe money should fund the, fund the bride. Um, and yet you need money to run any business. And so, uh, when a friend of mine was like, Hey, you should, uh, you should roast coffee or roast this coffee or sell this coffee. Sorry. You should sell this coffee to support Redemption Road. I was like, uh, Oh, light bulb, you know? (laughs) And, uh, that's, that's how this whole story began. And, we launched that in twenty end of twenty fifteen and really took off in twenty sixteen and um company's been growing ever since. So it's really really, really fun and it funds all kinds of stuff. Like you said, it funds Redemption Road. Uh mm-hmm. we fund uh missionaries and wells and buy bicycles for missionaries in India. Mm-hmm. We purposely buy coffee from people who um are believers and have ministries in Honduras and in Guatemala, um, and in Brazil. And uh, we uh, fund missions work in Greece. So 
it's pretty incredible that you can use a business to uh, fund the kingdom. And so that really is the vision of our entire company is uh, what if we use this engine that could get as big as God allows it to get to, to fund the kingdom of Jesus. And so that's our heart and our vision and our mission. That's amazing and so cool that you have so many international partnerships. Have yeah. you done a lot of traveling or things to build those connections or how'd those come about? Yeah, recently we have been able to travel a bit. Um, and it came about, um, I really think, through just holy connections. Mm -hmm. So um, a long time ago, I started or co-founded a ministry uh, for youth. And on that board, um, with me was a, was a guy named Alan and Alan eventually left his job and became a, a missionary. Um, and in that process met somebody else. I mean, we're talking like four year span here and he was like, Hey, you should talk to this guy named Aaron. And so that guy's name is Tim. This is a long story, but that guy's name is Tim. Tim called me up out of nowhere and was like, Hey, do you do business as mission? And I'm like, what is business's mission? Like, what is this? And I guess it's a whole movement. Like, BAM is like a whole movement. And I was doing it without knowing I was doing it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. in that call, he was like, hey, we're going to Greece. And uh, we're going to be working with ministries that help refugees. And some of them want to start coffee roasting businesses and coffee shops. Would you be interested in coming and sharing your ministry heart and business heart with them? And I was like, eh, Greece isn't really my thing. I'm not sure. You know, that's a long flight. And I don't want to leave my family that long. And like, bring your family. I'm like, eh, two-year-old on a plane for nine hours. <laughs> Sounds more like hell than heaven. You know? Uh, <laughs> and uh, anyways, uh, we, I started praying about it. And I, you know, that chair that I pray is like right behind me. I don't see it, but... I do a lot of prayer in my chair and a lot of meditation for the scripture and that kind of thing. And during that process, I really heard Jesus say, listen, I need you in Greece. And I was like, why? He's like, I, that's not your question to ask. I need you in Greece. And so I came to my wife. I was like, hey, Jess, uh, Jesus needs us in Greece. And she was like, I think you need to, I think you need to pray again, you know. <laughs> and uh, kept praying. I kept hearing the same thing. So sure enough. All three of us and the two-year-old and my parents, but they're like, oh, can we come? I'm sure you can come. So we all just hopped on a plane, went to Greece for two weeks, and it was incredible. It was a really incredible experience. And we were able to make some great contacts with, um, yeah, ministries on the ground, helping um, refugees help. There's a lot of brothels over there, which is pretty fascinating because you don't really think of the word brothel in America, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's actually dedicated places people go uh for that particular sin and it's pretty horrendous but there's a ministry called nia zoe um that um actually has women go in christian women go in and talk with the, the women in there and encourage them to come out of the brothels and leave sex slavery because they're not there by their own will yeah. and um so being able to work with places like, like there's a marathon coming up at the end of this year in november that uh we're sponsoring and um, it's going to be a big thing in America where they're trying to get like uh, 50 runners, I think, 25 to 50 runners. And they're all going to go over there, run the original marathon and all of the proceeds. We're hoping to get a couple hundred thousand dollars, $250,000, I think, um, are going to go to Nia Zoe to help take women out of uh, prostitution and the brothels. 
And uh, so it's like huge. Like, that's so, man, who, who doesn't want to be a part of that? Like, that's awesome. All because a guy named Tim gave me like a random phone call that I didn't really want to take. Um, <laughs> but Tim's a great guy and uh, Live Global is the ministry he works for. They're great people. And, and, you know, the Holy Spirit shows up and he says, okay, it's time to travel internationally. And we're like, yeah. eh, all right, I guess we'll do it. You know? Yeah. So. Um, I think so many of us really struggle to discern um, what God is, when God is calling us a certain direction. Yeah. Uh, what does that process look like for you? Yeah. So I use uh, listening prayer as the, as the process. So how that is acted out is a lot of being willing to put aside the pressures of life. And put a lot, put aside the pools of life to um, purposely sit in my chair and pray and say, listen, the crisis of the world are going to be okay. All the to-dos, all the web development we need to do, all the sales stuff we need to do, all the wholesale contacts that we want to call, all that kind of stuff. It just all needs to go away because I need to hear what the king is telling me to do because it's his company. And I just manage his company. It's not mine. This isn't my company. I mean, technically it is, but it isn't, right? It's his company. And so um, that's how I that's how I operate, right? And so sitting in a chair and listening intensely. Um, and I, it's interesting because everyone's going to hear the voice of God differently. That's my experience. So like I hear it in like my gut, kind of like as a, as a sense, like I, I sense this. I've heard people that they hear the voice of God, like a, like a voice in their brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that some people hear the voice of God through pictures, right? Yeah. There was, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the ministry called Ransom Heart. They're really awesome. Um, they're out in Colorado Springs. Uh, one of the people who helped found that company um, would pray. Like he prayed for me. And uh, how he heard the voice of God is he, he like saw pictures. So it was like a little mini video clip. It was like, you know, 10 seconds long. But the video clip was all he needed to know kind of what he wanted, what God was telling me. Uh, but yeah. that's how he heard. He always heard the voice of God that way. Um, Interesting. So I think, I think the question is, how do you hear? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, not, not if you hear, because, you know, Jesus says, uh, the sheep know my voice. That's not really like you may or may not hear. They all hear. We all hear. Yeah. How do we hear? How do you experience God? How does he show up for you? And that might be different for everybody. There's not, I don't think that we need to put God in a box that he can only talk to you this way. Right. Um, I don't think that that's the case. Yeah. You know, he he definitely does speak to us each differently. And um, it, it makes sense because he's a creator. He creates unique things. Each of us are so unique in our personalities that it makes sense that he speaks to us each a little differently. Definitely. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But pushing off that world, man, that's an important piece of that whole thing. You yes. know, pushing back all the chaos of the world. Mm. That really gets in the way. And it's totally counterintuitive to the American experience. Yeah. Right? It's almost like yeah. we're judged by our productivity level. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. And how much we can get done and how fast. And and that really pushes against this ability to hear Jesus. Because my experience with everyone I've talked to about who hearing Jesus is you hear him, you hear the still small voice, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We see a lot of the story of Elijah, right? We just go back to scripture and go, how does Jesus operate? You just look at scripture, right? Elijah, there's the storm and the wind and there's the fire and there's the earthquake. Mm-hmm. None of it, right? And then there's the whisper, right? The breeze, you know? And it's like, what do I need to do to cultivate space in my life to hear the whisper? And that is really hard to do, right? Yeah. That's really hard. Like, let's be authentic about it. That's hard. You have to yeah. fight for that, yes. right? You have to fight for that. You have to say no to a lot of things to get that. And so I think that for me, that's one of the takeaways. If you don't hear the voice of Jesus just yet, and that's not where you're at, or you think you've heard about a Christian conference or there's that great, awesome, you know, perfect. Now, how do you hear him every day? How can you cultivate? How do you pursue Jesus to hear him every day? What needs to get cut out? What needs to be restructured so that that can be a more um, intentional and normal part of your life? You know, those are the kind of questions I ask myself. Yes. And I think as an American culture, we tend to wrap our identity around our work and our achievements and all of those things. And yet that's not really the burden that God calls us to bear. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And um, yet oftentimes that's not how we experience uh, this world, right? Uh, Growing up Mm -hmm. as a pastor's kid, I watched my own dad and um, I didn't experience being a pastor's kid as an easy yoke and a light burden. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes I experienced the church to be sometimes a brutal place, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because of broken people and their brokenness. Um, but understanding that that isn't the perfect reflection of Jesus. Those mm-hmm. people are in the sanctification process, mm-hmm. right? They're still, they're still working through a lot of their own woundings and their own sin nature and their own stuff. And part of being a pastor is you have to live on the front lines of that. Um, but it's important that as pastors, we don't take that and put that on our shoulders. Of It's our job to fix that person. Because Paul puts it perfectly. He says, we can plant and we can water, but God makes it grow. I cannot. That, that takes all the burden off me. My job is to plant seeds and to water seeds. Right? To... Yeah to do my best to just encourage people to be their authentic self, to, to go to Jesus, to trust Jesus, to, to, to get away from the world. Right. And that's all I can do. I can't make them choose to not live in the world. Right. I can't make them choose to, to live the sermon. I can only deliver the sermon. I can only deliver the podcast. Right. I can't make them live it. They have to choose it. They have to get to a point where they sit in a chair and they turn off all the noise and they sit in the quietness of their own thoughts and they take their thoughts captive and they have the renewing of their own mind. That's mm-hmm. the work that each individual has to do. Yes. But it takes yes. the pressure off me to go, that's my job to make sure that my people um, do that work. Yeah. It's not. It's not my job. My job is to plant and to water. And then mm-hmm. to trust Jesus, that faith that Jesus will make it grow. And I think yeah. that that's really huge, you know, because yeah. our culture doesn't really leave space for that, as you were saying, right? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it says if, if, if people are following Jesus, oh, it's Aaron, he did that. Aaron didn't do squat. Aaron didn't do squat, <laughs> right? And, and no one should ever praise me for anything because I'm a slave to a king and that king did everything, mm-hmm. you know? And that always needs to be, in my opinion, the mentality of pastors and servants and even anybody else, lay people, right? Yeah. We did nothing. 
We simply humbled ourselves to a king and the king did everything. And the Holy Spirit animated us. And he made things happen, right? Like I, I, I don't have a business degree. I never even wanted to own a business. And yet, look at this. We got a business and it's thriving. How is it? How's that happening? I have no idea. I have no idea. Jesus does cool things. That's how it happens. Right? Yes. Um, so maybe a long answer, but that's my thoughts. No. There are a lot of good points in there, and I'm I'm going to struggle to recall all of them, but one of them that yeah, stood out fine. was that, that um, mindset and taking that mm. captive. Yes. Our culture spends so much time scrolling and so much time just right. like absorbing data, but yeah. we never take the time to like let it turn into knowledge, let it actually change who we are and how we are yeah. um, and so spending time in that Lord for him to help us filter out what's junk, what isn't meant to be where we're headed is such an important yeah. thing. Yeah. I think one of the things that was so powerful for me in seminary, they brought in an Eastern Orthodox pastor or priest and he began to teach us about the desert fathers, which was from like 200 AD to like 600 AD. And what would happen is these people, Think about this 200 AD, what the world wanted us supposed to have been like. They, they thought that the world was too much. There was too much of the world in their culture. And so mm -hmm. they had to go out to the deserts and live isolated in the desert for years to live with Jesus, right? To find Jesus, to hear the voice of Jesus, to cultivate a spiritual life. And that then eventually led to monasteries where people would go and live in monasteries to cultivate spiritual practices, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's very interesting. You begin to think about this and then you begin to think about like our world and our church culture. It's very much like two hours on Sunday and then do a 20 minute devotional, which is cool and fine, but there's a lot of the day left for the world, yeah. right? And so how do we... How do we have union with God? If we go back to John 15, right? I am the vine and you are the branches. Remain in me. I mean, if we just look at that passage and we just underline the words remain, it's like 15 times in like two paragraphs, you know? It's remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain okay, over and over and over again. And I think you just begin to go, okay, how do I do that, right? How do I... How do I have union with God? Because that's what I'm created for. We go back to Eden. I wasn't created to be set apart from God. I was created to have union with God, to walk in the garden with him, to, to um, have this wholeness that we all have in our spirit and ache for, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, Jesus comes, he dies, he gives his Holy Spirit, and we can have that union again. Caveat is we still have the flesh of the body, which we didn't have before, but everything else is restored besides the flesh by Jesus, right? And the Holy Spirit coming. We have to be purposeful about pursuing it, right? And so what are these daily spiritual principles that we can um, use and cultivate to have union with God? Because that is the goal. And I'm not trying to live a cliffhanger by not giving you those principles. That's just so long we couldn't finish the podcast. So, uh, yes. Well, I think that concept of 
um, spending more time with him, putting Christ back into the center of everything that we do. I think that's a large reason why Christian Travelers Network started was is God even a part of our leisure? Um, And if he is, how much does that change just how we interact with the world? And that I like that description of them going out in the wilderness of spending time in the monasteries, because I think when we travel, um, oftentimes we realize like the things we typically rely on on in mm. our daily routines are just gone. And right. so much more we have to rely on the Lord. Yes. Um, so kind of spinning off of that, um, living authentically when we travel, it can be yeah. a challenge. It, we encounter so many unique cultures and people. Um, and sometimes we kind of shell away who we are. But there's yes. also this balance of also respecting cultures. What is your thoughts on that topic? Yeah, um, I think traveling is is really fun and restorative, but it's also hard because of what you just said. Uh, I'm a very much a routine person, and yeah. so um, having my chair behind me is almost like an anchor for the soul. Right, I wake mm-hmm. up, I get my coffee, I sit in that chair. And I pray, read my Bible, maybe read some books that are encouraging to my soul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I anchor, I worship, right? Um, when you're traveling, you don't have that. You don't even have a structure of your day necessarily, right? Yeah. And so what do you do? How do you handle that? So how I handle it is I often try to uh, plan in my mind how I'm going to uh, bring the kingdom in that place. And so I'll study the layout of where we're staying. So if there's a hotel room, I'll think, okay, well, I can sit in that chair at the desk and I can anchor there. Or if we're like, I like, we love to go to Florida and my, uh, my aunt has a condo on the beach. She lets us use. It's amazing. And so like, I love to sit on the deck and just watch the ocean and I'll anchor there. Right. Um, and that is restoring. So I really find that beauty is restoring. Mm. And so I try to find where, from where I'm going, can I go take in the beauty of creation and worship mm-hmm. and restore my soul? Mm-hmm. I also try to be intentional about not being too busy. Mm. That is really hard. Because like, <laughs> it's like coming out of the matrix, right? Like our whole worlds are always so busy, so busy. Ding, 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 ding down the list, right? Um, and yeah, when we go on vacation, trying not to do that to our souls, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Disney and then we're going to do like four parks a day. And then we're going to eat at like 12 places and we're going to be gores. <laughs> it's going to suck, but it's going to be amazing. Right. <laughs> so like, <laughs> oh, how many times have you heard people say like, I need a vacation for my vacation. Yeah. Was, that's a, like, what the heck? You know, what are we doing to ourselves? You know? So trying to be intentional about not doing that mm-hmm. if possible. Right. And often it is possible, but you have to purposely do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And when we see people living so crazily and busy in vacations, it can be tempting to mirror them and want to, or mirror their Instagram or mirror yeah. um, all these other things. How, why do you, or why do you think that people are so tempted to, instead of accepting a more authentic way of going about life and kind of mirror others instead. I think that has to do with um, how people put 
uh, value equations on other people. All right. So what do you value? What do you, what do you, how are you assessing others? And so that then goes back to, if I think that, you know, for lack of a better term, like the Kardashians are the standard, right? Well, then I'm going to put a value on assessment on them that I've arrived. I have value. I'm good enough. I've made it if I'm like them. Yeah. And that's really the Instagram, Facebook culture is the world partnering with the world has us put the valuation of good enough, made it onto the world standards, money, riches, fame, luxury, um, beauty, name it. Right. Yeah. So the question is, will you take your value away from that and put it towards something that is soul giving, right? As opposed to soul stealing. Because that evaluation of going, well, I want to be like all these famous people or like the world will drive your soul to the ground. Uh, because you'll value money, you'll value status, you'll value all these things over valuing Jesus. Yes. Um, and so I just think that that's really at the heart of that whole movement, right? Yeah. And so then you're going to go on vacation trying to figure out, well, what kind of image can I create that cultivates this or that, right? And mm -hmm. so instead of going to the beach and letting God's creation be what nourishes your soul, you're going to the beach looking at how can I take from nature to make me look good? How can I get the right angle or the right filter or the right sunlight so that I look as cool as all those other people? And you're actually stealing, taking from creation. And that's your mentality as opposed to receiving and letting it give life and letting the rhythm of the waves match the rhythm of your soul. Right? Yeah. And um, joining the rhythm of Jesus, right? Or God, right? In creation. Right. As opposed, instead, you're going there with an angle. How can I take up? And that very much is the spirit of the age, right? Mm -hmm. Of this like taking, 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 manipulating um, kind of, I don't even know, like taking your way through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very consumeristic. Yeah. yeah. It really, yeah. it's very consumeristic, but it's also kind of concerning, right? Because mm -hmm. we never look at anything for what it really is. We look at how we can use it, how we can, how we can manipulate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that, that's really the mindset you go in with. And you can never, you can never uh, fill your soul up with that mindset. You have to completely get rid of that, actually. Yeah. To be present in the moment, to enjoy the beauty of the moment, to feel the sand across your feet with the breeze, to smell the salty air, to take in, right? And to calm yeah. down and to match the waves, right? I mean, that that takes that actually takes maturity. <laughs> you know, it's maturity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um kind of nearing the end of our episode here, but sure. do you have any other advice for living authentically, traveling authentically, or just for Christian travelers in general? I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess I do. I guess my only thoughts are that this all takes work. We live in a world of instant and we live in a world of results now. And 
I have not experienced uh, the Christian life to be instant or results now. And so you're going to have to give yourself patience and you're going to have to choose long term, right? Will you live for today or will you live for eternity, right? Paul talks about this in Colossians. He talks about this idea of he doesn't live for the flesh. He's not taking on all these afflictions, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all saw Passion of the Christ and we all saw what happened to Jesus with that beating scene. We all cringe and oh my goodness, it's so horrible. That happened to Paul four times, right? And it yeah. says in, in Colossians that he takes on the afflictions of his flesh for the body of Christ because it's an eternal game, not because of right now, right? And so yeah. if we're going to mirror what, you know, the Christian life is portrayed in the Bible, at least, we need to mirror it as I live for a king and I live for eternity. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very different perspective than how can I manipulate this photo so people like me today and I get more followers today. The question is, if God called you to have a platform, be authentic, be who you are, and God will build your platform. You don't got to do anything. Again, I never wanted to be a coffee roaster, right? I didn't even think I would roast coffee. I never wanted to be a business owner. I roasted coffee five years, never even considering the idea of selling it. That's how not good at business I am, right? (laughs) And yet God has grown us, right? Last year, we grew 86%. During the pandemic, we companies are going out of business in 2020. We grew 50%. What the? (laughs) It's crazy. I didn't do that. I'm not a great businessman. I don't have massive skills. I didn't manipulate a market or do something crazy. I sat in a chair and I prayed and I loved my king and he grows my company and he brings people like he brought you guys. Right. And he yeah. brought your audience and how beautiful, you know, yeah. how beautiful. And we really thank you for this opportunity. And so yeah. my encouragement is to love the king, serve the king and give all of your life to the king and do what he says. If he says, go roast coffee. Be like, uh, sure. Okay. I don't know what I'm doing, but you're going to teach me and you're going to grow it. And this is going to be a grand adventure. You know, yeah. and uh, he'll take us to Honduras and he'll take us to Greece and he'll take us all. I mean, for all I know, we'll be all over the world. I have no idea where God's going to take us. Next, you know, we have contacts yeah. in all kinds of countries. And I, mean, I hope someday we get to visit all of them. And as we go, we'll do our best to be present with the people there and the environments there and, the, you know, the nature and all the amazing things that we get to experience. So, but, you know, anchor awesome. and anchor and anchor and always stay in the kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Aaron, thank you so much for the encouragement. One of the questions that we always ask our guests is what has been the biggest God moment in all of your travels? Okay. Biggest God moment in all of my travels. Um, I think for me, um, sitting on the deck of my aunt's porch, after just kind of a hard season of business, we were really kind of washed over the coals. You know, we had, we had, we were understaffed and it was just my wife and I, and we kind of limped into this vacation. You know what I mean? Um, And I was sitting there on the deck praying and Jesus says, find my rhythm, find my rhythm. 
And as you said that, it was like I heard the waves be amplified. Mm. Kind of like, listen, you're you're too you're you're not in tune with me the way you need to be, right? You're doing the world thing, you're doing the too fast pace, trying to make everything happen. You need to just find my rhythm. And so, then submitting my whole my my spirit, soul, and body to that, right? Just going okay. I just need to find the rhythm of the Holy Spirit, find the rhythm of the King, and live in that, and get rid of the rhythm of the world, and the the, the raggedness that it, that it tries to pull you through. And so for me, that was one of the most recentering experiences. And it, I kind of have little notes written all over the place of like, yeah, find my rhythm, find my rhythm. I took a recording of the ocean that day, right, just as a reminder to find the rhythm, right, mm-hmm. of the King the rhythm of his the way his kingdom operates so that's very powerful and centering and that was like two years ago so obviously it was very important to me so that's awesome and thank you so much for sharing um it's good to be reminded that in the midst of the busyness he still is king and he's leading us nonetheless that's right amen well, um, Aaron, we've enjoyed having you on the show. How can our listeners connect with you outside of this episode? Yeah, well, we have a great website, um, rrc.coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, www.rrc.coffee. We have a contact page there. Um, you can email us at info at rrc.coffee. Order coffee online. Um, that'd be a great way to support us. Read the stories of the farms we support. Um, in the future, we're going to be having a bunch of video stuff come out. We took a lot of video in Honduras, and we'll be able to share that. And I'll be doing a few series on uh, coffee, and so it's awesome. Um, at redemptionroad.com, we have some podcasts as well. If you're interested in like the stories of some of the men who have come on weekends, or or my stories on there as well. Um, so we would absolutely love for people to engage with our community as as they engage with yours. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we really enjoyed having you on the show. Wonderful. Yes, thank you. Well, uh, Christian Travelers, I hope that you've enjoyed hearing from Aaron, and I encourage you to go check out his ministry and support them. They're doing some amazing things, and they're listening to the Lord. And um, I encourage you to take some of that insight and wisdom as you travel and live authentically for the Lord as well. Um, If you liked today's episode, we encourage you to subscribe, leave us a review, or share it with a friend. Um, Also, again, if you head to our website, christiantravelers.net, you can sign up for our email list to connect with our Christian travel community. And if you're listening for or looking for another episode about a similar topic, we encourage you to head over to episode 99 when Ben Johnson talks about some of his adventures in the wilderness. Um, But until next time, safe travels and God bless.